Broadcasting from the heartland of America. In the Hoosier Media Network Studios. The next generation in conservative talk radio. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, it is. Welcome into it. It is hour number two of your weekend edition here of the Voice of Reason. Broadcasting coast to coast all over the place here from the heartland of America. In Wichita, Kansas at the Hoosier Media Network Studios. Always wonderful to have you with us here. And happy Thanksgiving moving through your Thanksgiving weekend. Hopefully you're recovering. Do you have that steak on your eye from the black eye you got while brawling somebody for that big screen TV? Or maybe, I don't know, in the Biden economy today, maybe a loaf of bread. (laughs) Who knows? Maybe it was trying to get that turkey for Thanksgiving. Regardless, happy Thanksgiving. Let's be grateful for what we do have. And then go into the madness that is this weekend as well. So much to get to, so much to talk about. Coming up, bottom of this hour... Have an interesting conversation for sure. It's Kristen Van Uden. She uh, talks about her latest book on the persecution of Christians and Catholics around the world, the history of persecuted Catholics, and some of the collaborated stories that they've put together for their book. Looking forward to chatting with her about that. I think it's relatively appropriate and timely, especially right now with the ongoing conflict in Israel when we see the attack on the Jewish community and the Christian community from radical Islamic terrorism, something that we don't like to talk about, something the Democrats have still yet to say as a party that supposedly defends the Jewish community in the nation of Israel. So we'll talk about that coming up at the bottom of the hour. But this hour, I know it's Thanksgiving weekend, but I want to get a little philosophical for you because this holiday for the United States, obviously it's a U.S. holiday, not an international holiday. The showing of two different types of individuals, two nations, two different cultures coming together and showing unity in Thanksgiving is what this tradition is really all about, right? Is the pilgrims struggling to survive in the new land? The Native Americans showing them how to grow crops, showing them to come together and having this unified message of being togetherism, which is something Democrats don't like and they absolutely despise that type of message. Uh, so, I have a, theor- a philosophical question for you. Is the man, is humankind, mankind, inherently good or inherently evil? And that's a interesting philosophical question. I have my opinion that I'll give here in just a little bit. But this comes at the time when Democrats are starting to lose their platform and desperate to try and find a stronghold to attack Republicans with going into 2024 presidential elections. And here's what I mean, and we'll build up to this Case. The headline from Fox News, they're dropping another one of the Biden policies that is not looking good for them. As you know, we just went through six weeks of a union strike from a lot of the auto workers and uh, the UAW that fought for better wages. We've talked about it many times. I don't want to beat the dead horse there. But after this, now that the workers are back in action again, we see the auto industry continue to try to struggle to make ends meet and at least uh, bring in the revenue they need to because of the ridiculous high amount of wages. On top of that, we have government regulation also squeezing them from the other side of things. You need to make it uh, clean with the clean coal energy, and you need to manufacture things with the proper wages and stuff from the government. We also need to have the proper amount of environmental crap as we produce the vehicles, and you need to make them all EVs. If you remember, the executive orders from the Biden administration want just about all vehicles produced by the year 2030 to be electric vehicles. Well, apparently that initiative is now being backed off on as well which means another strike, another blow to the Biden administration who backed off of their uh, Inflation Reduction Act, who has backed off on their uh, their Green New Energy deals, who have backed off on the Bidenomics campaign that they're working on. So they, again, are dropping like flies when it comes to policy that they have to use during the campaign season. 
Here's what the headline from Fox News says from the recap of this week. Food uh, Ford dramatically has scaled back their EV plant amid plummeting sales and the blow to the Biden's green energy goals. Here's what they say that the U.S. automaker of Ford Motor Company is dramatically scaling back their electric vehicle battery plant that is currently under construction in the state of Michigan as the electric vehicle business continues to lose billions of dollars. Now, according to a progressive, they don't care if a company loses billions of dollars because the government can just step in and provide it for us, right? I mean, this is the typical socialist mindset that a Democrat has, is that if private sector doesn't work, cool, we still have to go down this road. So screw the private sector, let's destroy the private sector, and the government will subsidize it for us. Which the government's already subsidizing electric vehicles. They're subsidizing the production of them and then subsidizing us to purchase them. So it's all going is a streamlined process with our taxpayer money to go through the government to be cycled back down to try and give us the ability to purchase these things that are inefficient and that nobody wants. Is now the majority of uh, uh, companies are trying to go down this road, whether by choice or whether by government intrusion and government force. So now they're losing billions of dollars. In the announcement that came earlier this week, the company said that they would resume the Marshall, Michigan project, but reduce its scope by more than 40% with the number of jobs it's projected to create to more than 30% and reduction of those jobs as well. Uh, I mean, we knew that was going to happen with the UAW striking for their better benefits, that they're going to lose their jobs during the EV mindset anyways. But that's the reality of it. We're losing money left and right. So another big hit on the Biden administration. So with all of this being said, this is just one example of how the Democrats are in absolute turmoil, they have to find an alternative to talk about on the mainstream news. You know, the 24-hour news cycle with CNN, MSNBC, and CBS, and all these other garbage networks that are losing ratings nonstop. They have to find something to keep you fired up and upset about. And the biggest thing that they're upset about now is they have to focus on the Republicans. Well, how do they do that? They've already kind of run dry on the well of attacking Donald Trump. I mean, we just heard earlier this week of Joe Scarborough on MSNBC literally trying to create the fear tactics that uh, Donald Trump would execute his opponents if he were elected president again, that he would completely create a new authoritarian regime and he would execute his opponents. That's the lunacy that we're dealing with now in society. Oh, yes. But they have to find a new target. And that new target apparently has become the new Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson. Because as you know, no one knew a whole lot about him. So they had to do a deep dive, just as they did with Donald Trump, go back in his history with a fine fine tune. And they have to find a way to demonize and criticize Mike Johnson for being the radical conservative nutjob that he actually is. And they found what they thought would work for them. Which is why I pose you the question I ask you, are, is humanity in general, humans, inherently good or inherently evil? Because according to Mike Johnson in the audio that CNN tried to expose on how bad this individual is, uh, this was from a radio interview from him on WMAL Radio back in May of 2022. He says, according to his opinion, that humanity is inherently evil. One of the primary purposes of the law and civil government is to restrain evil. We have to acknowledge collectively that man is inherently evil and needs to be restrained. See, that's the problem with the radical left. They don't acknowledge a god. That audio from CNN. And the media having a heyday. How dare you consider man inherently evil? Now, there's a few ways to approach this, and let's go into a philosophical discussion for a Thanksgiving weekend, right? Let's think about this a little bit different. Uh, You can look at it as inherently evil, which is why we need a structure, a society for 
government uh, for government to function and create a society to function under, right? We have individuals that would take advantage of others. We have people that would murder, loot, steal, and do whatever they want to under anarchy because they have the opportunity to do so. You can look at examples of corporations if you want to with the evil corporations of we're going to try and squeeze the middle class, make as much profit as we want to, and take humanity out of the equation. We're going to have terrorists who are ideologues or even religious ideologues or political ideologues that are so radical that either you get on board with us or we will control you. You have those crazy control freaks that are out there. I talk about the two types of progressives out there, the bleeding hearts that active, they're the ones usually that are out there protesting, holding the signs, chanting as the professional protesters that do it with good intention to make the world a better place, but are just gullible and have fallen for the wrong side on what they think the solutions would be. You have those, then you have the progressives that know it's not actually going to solve an issue, that know that these people are gullible and stupid, and that use that to their advantage to continue to centralize power and consolidate power to themselves. So you have two types of progressives there. You have the mindset that I'm going to live my life and do my thing regardless of how it may affect somebody else. So there's a lot of different examples, I guess you could say, where humanity is by inherently evil, I guess. At the same time, when that happens, there's also the inherent good in society where people do the right thing. And you see them rise up and you see them counter that. In my humble opinion, you have to have both because that's just how humanity works. It's that constant struggle between the good and the bad, the positive and the negative, the yin and the yang, the light force and the dark force. There's always been that duality within humanity and the universe, I guess, itself. So I guess you have to have both. It's not just one way or the other. But according to progressives, it does trigger something to them because it does challenge one of their core fundamental principles of the fact that man should be able to do whatever we want to do because he's right to a degree that we see the stats all the time that the the rates go that as government continues to grow, the people that believe in a higher power or a God, if the whatever flavor of religion or uh, spiritual belief that you have, that uh, the more the government grows, that the belief in that higher power goes away because we start looking towards man, we start looking towards the government to solve the issue for us. When the intention of the founding fathers inherently realized that government's role was to protect, not to create them and give them to them as a privilege, but to protect God-given rights of humans and of man and woman, of course. But that that's the role of government. Is to not allow someone to have rights, which means that the government, if it gives it to you, the government can also take it away. But limited government is a necessary evil because government does, by nature, attract the people that like to take advantage of others because of the power that's given to them. So, therefore, it is the duty of us to limit the size of government and give them specific duties, but limit their ability to be able to control the masses which is why government's supposed to be very limited, very minuscule, and a necessary evil within society. Because if you don't have it, then you have anarchy in the streets, you have the mobsters, you have the gangsters, and things run in a territorial fashion. So we need government, but we need it to be limited and recognize what their role actually is in society. So he's not wrong. I think he's incomplete in my humble opinion, but he's not wrong. But of course, to a progressive who does essentially create the church of government and try to get rid of the church of God 
because they think that uh, that mankind needs to solve all the issues and we don't need to look to that higher power. That would be a very triggering statement to them. Again, I want to play it one more time because it's an interesting concept as the Democrats, of course, have to find something to demonize Mike Johnson for. And I don't know what the purpose is. I don't know why. I mean, obviously, CNN viewers are not going to be liking Mike Johnson anyways. So it's just the continued demonization. But it's not going to win over anybody else to realize, like, wow, Mike Johnson's kind of a jerk. One of the primary purposes of the law and civil government is to restrain evil. We have to acknowledge collectively that man is inherently evil and needs to be restrained. (laughs) See, that's the problem with the radical left. They don't acknowledge a God. It's an interesting statement. And again, I believe that it's correct but incomplete in many aspects, and that we need to be aware that there is good and bad. But yes, there is inherent evil in society. There really is. And we have to acknowledge that. So government is there to try and put that at bay. But also, it's our duty to try and limit government because that's where it's attracted to. And it could be within the government functions as well. So the good and bad, the light and the dark, the positive and the negative, the duality of society is living well and fine. But their attempt to demonize Mike Johnson, I don't know how this wins them over any new viewers. I don't know how this wins them over any new supporters to the Democrat side by going after him when we know he's a very religious man. And historically, religion tells you that we are inherently evil and we need to beg for forgiveness from God and that we need to do the right thing because, you know, after the whole Adam and Eve situation, that we are inherently bad overall. So I get where he's coming from here, but is it the right tactic? And uh, will the Democrats actually win over any followers from this kind of mindset. Interesting concept, especially for a Thanksgiving when we're supposed to be thankful for what we have and see it as a very collective, coming together, spiritual, religious thing. The Democrats always find a way to try and take that away from us, and we can't let that happen. Lots more coming up. Stay right here. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. It's your Patriot on the Prairie. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed. Welcome back into it. It is the Voice of Reason's weekend edition. Always wonderful to have you with us here, even on a Thanksgiving weekend. Interesting conversation, trying to break your brain for a weekend as you're trying to recover from the turkey hangover. Totally understand that. But is humanity inherently good or inherently evil? We see a lot of wars, a lot of bad things. But is it because we're focusing on those bad things that make us think that we are inherently evil or are we inherently good or is there a duality of both and we see a little bit of both and it just it depends on really what side you choose to actually feed and force and focus on that makes the world around you kind of an interesting conversation we'll get back to that here in just a minute real quick want to tell you about my friends over at americans for prosperity they've been not only doing their bidenomics broken campaign tour around the country but they've also been doing their prosperity is possible tour letting people know what's going on in society and that prosperity is not dead you can still do it the american dream is still alive even though it is challenging to do right now, which means that we need to focus on getting the right people in office. We just came off a lot of local elections, city council members, school board members in your local communities, and they were a major part of that. In fact, I just saw a headline, I believe, in the state of Tennessee. Your chapter there in Tennessee, which we broadcast out of Memphis with this program. So welcome aboard uh, KWAM. We love you guys. 990, the mighty 990 KWAM. Tennessee, I believe that I just saw a headline from your guys' Americans for Prosperity uh, team that you have knocked on 100,000 doors in the state of Tennessee. Well done. That's amazing. Clap for you guys. Pat yourself on the back. That's a lot of work, and that's just gearing up for 2024 on what we get to see. They are the largest 
organization across the nation, grassroots organization, trying to bring common sense conservatism back into the economy. And we need to do that to let people know what's really going on. And you can be part of it. It's really simple. All you got to do is go to the website that prosperityispossible.com. Prosperityispossible.com. Go to the website, check it out. That's right on the home page. You'll put in your email address and they'll send you information about what's going on, what you can be part of, or just basic information to you to be aware and use it as you go to town or debate during the holiday season with somebody else that you have that information in your arson to be able to move forward and fight for the proper thing. So prosperityispossible.com, prosperityispossible.com. Go and check it out. Put in your email, subscribe to them, get the information with Americans for Prosperity. You can find their main website at americansforprosperity.org. Great partners with us here on The Voice of Reason. We love them to death. Appreciate them very, very much. All right, there is one other clip that the Democrats love to use, which, of course, their big issue, their one issue, their one social focal point that they have for the campaign, because this is all they have after everything's dropped off else. Uh, they are, of course, going after Mike Johnson for his comments that he also made during an interview about a year ago, year and a half ago, regarding his stance on abortion and his comparison to the Holocaust. It, it is truly an American Holocaust. I mean, the reality is that Planned Parenthood and all these big, you know, big abortion uh, they set up their clinics in inner cities. Um, they, they are, you know, they, they regard these people as, as easy prey. I mean, it's true. This is what's happening across the country now. <laughs> that again, audio from CNN. The Democrats, again, losing their minds. Man, how dare you could say something so atrocious that uh, that abortion is something like the Holocaust with how many uh, aborted uh, children that we have throughout the nation. I don't want to bring it down during the Thanksgiving holiday here, but I don't know where he's wrong, but of course he's really taken a stab right at their heart of their platform from the Democrat Party, and they will use those types of comments into the election for 2024, saying this is the stance of Republicans, this is the radical Speaker of the House, this is the MAGA Republican nut job. I can't believe that you think like this. We should be able to do whatever we want to. Which goes back to the previous conversation, is man inherently good or evil? And when the progressives think that there is no higher power, that they need to be their own god, per se, in their daily lives, that they can do whatever they want to, that it kind of reinforces this principle that we're not looking out for others, we're only looking out for self, which is a very big concern. And again, you have both good and bad inside you. Which side do you choose to feed and use in your personal life? I find that interesting, that this is the direction that they've chosen to go and really enforce us and use that fear tactic to go after individuals on the abortion issue. All right, we'll shift gears a little bit when we come back. Happy Thanksgiving. It's Christian Van Uden when we come back right around the corner here for your weekend Thanksgiving special right here for The Voice Reason. Lots more coming up. Stay here. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. When Reason Meets Radio, this is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed. Welcome back into it. We are moving right along through a Monday today. Can you believe it? Thanksgiving right around the corner. So hard to believe how crazy it is. We'll talk about some more of the uh, elections right around the corner. Because remember, now that we're officially in election mode, you're going to hear nonstop campaigning from all of them. We have the Republican candidates that are fun to listen to for sure. We have the Democrats trying to figure out who the heck they are. <laughs> as we move forward. So uh, looking forward to more of those conversations here in just a little bit. But I want to shift gears a little bit here. As you know, there's a lot of conflict going on in the Middle East. We also have conflict elsewhere around the world. I saw a headline just a few days ago, literally from 
the nation of China that went through and arrested a church and arrested about 30 individuals, 30 plus individuals uh, who are trying to uh, have a service just because, well, apparently you're not allowed to have a Christian faith in the nation of China. Very fascinating. And is this something that's ongoing with multiple, obviously, different religions or beliefs around the world? Uh, and is it still ongoing? And how bad is it around the world right now when there are conflicts and wars going on around the nation, around the world that we're not even aware of that are committing mass genocide? So to talk about some of that and more, happy to have on the program... What's trending today? As she is the new author of the book, When the Sickle Swings, the stories of Catholics who survived a communist oppression. Excited to have on the program here with us, and I, I swear I'm going to pronounce her name properly, Kristen Van Uding. Kristen, how are you, my friend? You got it. I'm good, Andy. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on. Thank you so much for joining us. It is a wild world, and you don't hear much about this anymore, but are we still seeing the persecution of those of different religious beliefs in different parts of the world just because you're not allowed to have that certain type of faith. Yes, we definitely are. And that was one of my motivations for writing this book is that, as I say on the back cover, throughout almost half of the 20th century, really across nearly half the globe, the Catholic faith in particular was either outright illegal or repressed in some way. And this is something that is slowly leaching out of the collective consciousness. So, of course, we still have communist countries today. The church in China, as you just mentioned, still suffers under this yoke. Cuba, which is a country that I profile quite in detail in the book, is also still a communist country. And beyond that, these stories from these last hundred years, really since 1917, when communism was enshrined in a state really for the first time with the Soviet Union, these stories are something that are quickly being forgotten. And so many of these in the book are taken down for the first time. Some are ones you may have heard of before, but in a new way. And I just felt this call to, from the historian's perspective, add to this record, but also from the perspective of the faith to create and, and memorialize these heroic Catholics who suffered but came out on the other side ultimately hopeful and resilient. Yeah, it is good news that we can fight back and actually see some resiliency. Are we getting better at trying to save some of these individuals uh, around the world, wherever it may be? Are we starting to see uh, pushback and awareness to this to where we can actually start fighting back? Well, that's a difficult question to answer. And as Alexander Solzhenitsyn said of resistance to communism, to paraphrase him, at what point could we have resisted when they came to knock on the door, when they took us down to the the Black Maria was the police car when they took us into the Lubyanka for questioning that the process of these communist regimes was so totalizing, really embodying the spirit of totalitarianism, that resistance was not as possible as it was in under regimes such as Nazi Germany. So that is a, a difference that I examine in the book between many of these countries. We see that in certain places in Eastern Europe, peaceful protests, as it did in Czechoslovakia and Poland, ended up actually snowballing into these people's movements that advocated for freedom. And then in Cuba, the resistance was much diff more different. It was uh, militant guerrilla warfare resistance that was somewhat funded by U.S. intelligence, but also actually had its roots in this Catholic action movement that uh, really stood for embodying Pius X's principle to restore all things in Christ. So basically, to boldly live the faith in the public sphere, regardless of the consequences. And that, that doesn't necessarily mean being, you know, unpleasant or uh, fighting with people and arguing all the time, but 
basically to just not be apologetic about the faith. So it's it's definitely hard. I think people are reluctant to talk about these taboo issues. And with Thanksgiving coming up, I know everybody will try to avoid politics and religion, for example, but it will come up. But I think the um, the people I interview in the book really provide this blueprint of how to stand up for the faith in this very non-combative way, but that also gives proper witness to God. Yeah, amen to that. It is. It's wild to think that Christianity, Catholic, uh, the Catholics, that I mean, it's one of the largest religions in the entire world, and that we still have persecution going on, and that we have throughout these years. And like you said, for anywhere from Europe and down to Cuba, uh, but it seems like there's a trend and there's a pattern with the persecution, and it seems to be with bigger, more authoritarian governments that just don't like people looking to a higher power for answers instead of looking towards the government officials. I mean, do we see, do we kind of see a trend that way? Yes. So communism is interesting because it is overtly atheist. So uh, the famous quote of religion as the opiate of the masses, and as Stalin later said, that he sought to be the engineer of souls. So they have a completely inverted cosmology where the state, uh, the dictator, and a human institution replaces the proper place of God. And it's uh, everything is based on this false idea of an earthly utopia that will be achieved sometime in the future when the state will magically wither away and we will be free from want, free from inequality, free from deprivation, and basically it will be heaven on earth. Of course, we know, and uh, the people I interviewed were wise enough to remember that we store our treasures up for heaven for the next life, that this world will pass away. And while ultimately we do our best to create a better world and leave it better than how we found it, ultimately we cannot have this messianic role that that is something that's reserved to God. So um, communism really, as, as Father Vincent Michelli said of atheism, atheism is not necessarily, as we think of it, the absence of worship, but rather it's the worship of idols, because the human urge to worship God is, is hardwired into our DNA and into our souls, and so that never goes away. But when it's not properly oriented to objective truth, it will find an idol in something, whether that be greed or um, you know, whatever personal sin it is or pride, but also it can be something like one of these totalizing ideologies that promises you the world and provides this framework for participating in something bigger than yourself, ultimately the Interesting. It is a fascinating uh, take on it for sure. We're talking with Kristen Van Uden. She is with the Sophia Institute Press, also author of the book, When the Sickle Swings, Stories of Catholics Who Survived Communist Oppression. The book comes out tomorrow, so you're going to want to check that out on Amazon and other places as well. Uh, Kristen, do you think that we are slowly moving our direction towards that here in the United States as well? We've seen the decrease in people that are actually attending church on a regular basis. And, I mean, like we just talked about, we see the polls that show that as government continues to grow, those that believe in a higher power continue to dwindle because of that focal point in the central government. Are we on that trajectory here, do you think, in the United States? It certainly appears to be that way, unfortunately, that uh, the more freedoms that we give up and the more control that we feed uh, more frequently that can be used against us. So, One example, not from the U.S., but from the West, from uh, the U.K. recently with the U.K. court sentencing the ill baby to death, even though her parents wanted to take her to Italy for treatment and 
actually the Italian government even offered her citizenship so that they could take care of their own citizen. Yet the judges, because this is the dark side of socialized healthcare, decided that they knew better and that they could be the arbiters of life and death and the, quote, right to die. And so it's these dangerous ways that it sneaks in that, I mean, this is a nightmare horror story that has ha- has happened before, actually, but is one of these cautionary tales as to what can happen when you give the government this power that is really not anywhere in its in its boundaries. You you cede your own power, and ultimately you turn to the government as one would turn to God. Yeah, yeah, we see that trend happening quite often now. I can only imagine some of these stories. I can't wait to read the book and actually read some of these stories of what people have gone through and how they survived some of this, which is which is fascinating. Where do you think right now is one of the worst places for religious liberty and especially for Christians and for Catholics? Is it still the Cuban area? Is it now China? We just read the story about the arrest of a Chinese uh, a Christian church where people are arrested there. Is that the focal point? Because they are essentially a communist nation right now, and I think that we're seeing the the social credit score and the government centralized power really take hold in that region right now. Yes, I mean, it's hard to beat North Korea in terms of human rights violations, (laughs) but China is definitely one to watch. I do discuss in the book how the national church situation that we see with China right now has its precedent in the communist countries of the 20th century. So... It happened to a certain degree in Czechoslovakia, actually, with a national church. So just a background on what that exactly means. In China, there is sort of the shadow church, the national church, that unfortunately seems to be supported worldwide, even from voices within the Vatican sometimes, that basically feeds to the communist government the power to appoint bishops and to promote party men who are favorable to their positions and basically to usurp this power that rightly belongs to the church. And this is, you know, when it's taken to its full conclusion, a schismatic act. This is kind of what happened with Henry VIII in England, where he declared himself to be the head of the church rather than the Pope. And interestingly, this occurred in Czechoslovakia, where there was a national church and about 11% of priests defected to this church. And They played along with the communist agenda, and because of that, were promoted to positions of power, and they were allowed to keep their church buildings and kind of went along to go along. But the remaining majority of the clergy refused to take this deal, and they remained loyal to the faith and to the Vatican instead, and they had to go underground. So this is what we see in China with the current underground church, where those who refuse to budge even an inch, unfortunately, cannot really open openly practice the faith and have to do so in secret. How scary. How scary. Kristen, we got to take a hard break here. Hang on the line. I want to continue this conversation when we come back. It's When the Sickle Swings. You can find it on Amazon other places as well. Stay right here. With Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed. Welcome back into it. Last few minutes here of the program. Oh, how it flies by oh so quickly. And it's always great to have you along for the ride, which, by the way, we are getting closer to the end of the month again. Hard to believe. With Thanksgiving here officially now, which means December's right around the corner. If you have not signed up, please sign up. It's the newsletter. You can become a Hoosier, the official Hoosier-holic here on this program. By going to the website, H-O-O-S-E-R-Reason.com, you'll ask if uh, you want to sign up for the newsletter. You say yes, type in your email, 
It's totally free. We don't spam you all the time. We just send you a once a month email with our monthly blog and some content for the show and what's going on with the Hoosier Media Network and some other cool stuff. So make sure to sign up for that as that will be out the first Monday for the month of September. Speaking of, let's get back to our guest here. Really happy to have I love this conversation. Super fascinating to me as we continue to battle uh, just any type of oppression that we're seeing, whether it's uh, the identity politics we see in the United States right now, whether it's the ongoing conflict in Israel, whether it's the takeover of the communist regime and the rebranding or the reigniting of the attempted phoenix coming out of the ashes of the Soviet Union trying to take over Ukraine again, whatever the scenario is, when government gets big, oppression happens. And the vast majority of the time, as we've talked about, it happens with those that have religious views. And again, I don't care what those religious views are, but predominantly Christians have been the ones that have been persecuted. Jews and Christians. I don't know. <laughs> Jews and Christians. Everybody goes after the Jews and everybody goes after the Christians. And I just don't understand why. But it's because we don't look to the government for those answers. We look towards a higher power to either help us through it, to give us the strength to do it ourselves, or for that miracle to happen and something to be changed in society overall. And the government just doesn't like that. We're talking with Christian Van Uden. You can find the book, When the Sickle Swings, that came out this week. Uh, stories of Catholics who survived communist oppression. And uh, I can't wait to read some of these stories. Uh, Christian, I, uh, we used to, I'm based out of Kansas here. Our mm-hmm. former governor, Sam Brownback, uh, is, yeah. at least worked for, I don't know if he still does, I'm assuming he does, worked for the Trump administration as the U.N. ambassador for religious freedoms. He was a very strong Catholic himself. He used a lot of his faith to make decisions as the governor here in the state of Kansas, and he Mm -hmm. tried to bring awareness to a lot of those issues, predominantly focusing on persecution going on in the African countries as well. Uh, Those types of movements, do you think, are are they helping? Just bringing simple awareness to this issue, I would think, at least help the ongoing killing and persecution of those with religious views. Yes, I think awareness is obviously the first step because the greatest tragedies of the 20th century happened first in silence. So, of course, many many countries claimed complete ignorance of the Holocaust for the first, you know, 10 years because it started in the 30s is what was happening. And then the Soviet starving of Ukraine, the Holodomor famine, was also something that was actively covered up, actually, by news outlets up to and including the New York Times. So, There is certainly a concerted effort on the part of the bad actors to keep this stuff either in the shadows or to normalize it, as we see with the dehumanization of the human person um, in in the abortion conversations, for example, the dehumanization of a baby and just uh, kind of manipulating language in order to either use euphemisms to make things seem not as bad, to cloak it in language of um, just, just distance or outright to just distract with other things. So this, uh, if we're all so self-medicated on social media, for example, and um, can easily be distracted from major things going on in the world just because we are so solipsistic as a society, that breaking through that, kind of breaking through the fourth wall is the way to get these conversations started. Yeah. From what you've heard, and we got just a couple of minutes here, about one minute before we have to wrap up here, but with the ongoing conflict in Israel and, and uh, Hamas right now, obviously there's been a focus on the Jewish community in Israel right now, but do you think the Christian community is being persecuted just as much uh, with that ongoing conflict? Oh, man. Uh, that's a little bit outside my expertise. I know they are suffering due to the conflict that they obviously are kind of just by, like they're just pulled into this. Yeah. Um, and 
aren't necessarily at the heart of the, the conflict, but unfortunately are geographically placed there. But they're certainly not in a position um, anywhere in the Middle East to be too comfortable, I would think, as practicing the Christian faith. So kudos to them there, certainly being courageous during this time. Yeah, amen to that. We could go on forever. I love this conversation, and to bring awareness to it is so important. So thank you for what you're doing. Everybody, I highly encourage you to go and check out this book, When the Sickle Swings, Stories of Catholics Who Survived Communist Oppression, Learn What the Heck's Going On with the Crazy Genocidal Maniacs at Our Tyrannical Government Oppressors that don't like the religious individuals. Kristen, thank you so much for coming on the show. I loved it. Happy Thanksgiving to you. we got to get you back on the show again soon. Thank you so much. Take care. You as well. Appreciate it very much. There it is. Scary stuff, man. It should reinforce the idea that we live in a great nation where we have the right to practice any religion we want to as long as it doesn't oppose anybody else and infringe upon anybody else. And a lot of people take advantage of that scenario, but we have to remember the great rules and values that we have in this nation And a lot of people have forgotten that. That's it for us today. Everybody have a great one. We'll see you on the radio.